Was Happening World. I'm your host, The Wizard of Was, Benji Wozniak. And this week, Kieran and I will be interviewing wrestling promoter Joseph Skuldron Knight. Hey guys, how you doing? So, when we were off, we were talking a little bit about all your hobbies, much like all your belts. So, how did you get into wrestling? How did I get into wrestling? Yes. By accident. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, if you. Uh, you're probably going to hear an accent on me. I am a New Yorker, born and bred in New York City. Yeah, so it's like I gotta have my coffee. I gotta have my other stuff. I, I was put it like this: growing up, my introduction to professional wrestling was actually my uncle took me to Madison Square Garden when I was a little kid, and I saw Hulk Hogan defeat the Iron Sheik back in 1984. This and that, I was like. Oh, I like that. So <laughs> I, I followed it throughout the years. Big diehard fan of the territories. That's my era, 70s and 80s. Yep, been there. Yeah. We're actually, Big Daddy Braun, you're the same birth year as me. Followed all the territories, the Ed Jim Crockett promotions, the AWA, and all that stuff. Got introduced. I was a New York City police officer in 1991 during that time. John Arezzi great guy he was hiring for security i was a fan of his radio show his wrestling radio show so i talked to him and i said hey could you use security and uh, me personally i was like i wanted to see a wrestling convention without paying for it so <laughs> and getting paid for it so so what basically transpired is he hired me and a couple other uh, folks to come do security got introduced to him and got introduced to my my mentor Hot Stuff Eddie Gilbert, if that name. He, he's actually on my wall. A picture, a poster with him back there. Eddie Gilbert, like I was doing my rounds. Eddie Gilbert looks at me, hey kid, you want to be a wrestler? And I'm like, no, I I always wanted to be a manager. You know, I'm like six foot nine, six foot ten. And I was like a slim kid next to him. I wish those days were back. So got introduced to Eddie Gilbert. We talked for a bit. And of course, I knew who he was and all his stints. And next thing you know, I became his roadie slash, you know, apprentice. So I traveled with Eddie back and forth. Also got to meet two other guys who helped me in the business. Jason Knight from ECW and Rock and Rebel. Now, before anybody goes, I don't know if you guys know the, the story with Rock and Rebel. No. Okay. Enlighten us. Uh, oh, geez, she put me on the spot. Okay, I, I'm gonna separate. This is the thing, it is a very touchy subject. We all know the Chris Benoit scenario. What yeah. happened with yeah. Nancy? I actually met Nancy, I have a picture with her too. But Chuck Williams, Rock and Rebel, had, let's just say a similar situation happened. He took the life of his wife and himself. They didn't do anything to the kids, but he was going through major depression. I don't know. But I want to separate the two because in everything, even Chris Benoit, and I know a lot of people say that's a touchy subject. No, it's a different thing. It's like the wrestler and the person. I knew the wrestler and he was the most greatest guy in the world. Being in a room with him Jason Knight and Eddie Gilbert, they were like my big brothers. They took care of me in the business. They make sure I got paid everywhere I went to, more than a rookie supposed to get. And I basically owe my career to them. You know, 
So, and the best way to, to give you a quick little introduction how I got trained, think about this. Eddie Gilbert, and everybody knows he was a little bit of a drunk, slapping me in a headlock in the hotel room. All right, kid, this is how you do it. You know, you're going to remember, remember, promos, promos. And, and I'm like, okay. And, and taking the bumps and learning as I go. So that's how I got into professional wrestling. Give us a little bit of your background. One, when you start off as a manager, like for me, I had a lot of breaks. I'll say this because I happened to fall into the wrestling business when it was still hot. And being in a group of guys who basically showed me everything. A lot of guys that started the business, I think today they're a little bit different because they're more in the flippity flips and they really don't know the psychology and the craft of the business me from manager to where i am now i learned so much i've learned backstage work i've learned producing i learned how to take care of the talent how to do so many things and what and what to be careful of so i know how to run a show i've been and i've met some of the best people in the world i've met uh sensational sherry I've met Captain Lou Albano. We actually had a little, back in 1992, we had like a little rivalry in an indie show. So it was great to see, you know, Captain Lou, and I was like, okay, okay. And, you know, doing our skit. A lot of people compared me to a young Paul Heyman back then, and the voice is kind of similar. So it's like, met. I even got a chance to go to Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Tim Horner met me at the following year's convention for John Arezzi. My rookie year, and I got a table. I'm already signing autographs. So it was awesome. Me met Sean Waltman, who you guys know is a one, two, three kid, Xbox. At the time, we looked exactly, probably today too, we probably looked exactly the same. The only thing, he was way taller than me. And we were just, it, it was such a different business. And to learn that experience to come down to here. From 1990, 94, I basically was everywhere. Worked for, a little bit for Dennis Caluso for the end when he ran in NWA territory before he passed away. Met a young Sabu, young Chris Candido, you know, met a lot of the indie greats who were going to move on, you know, to become someone. So the rest of the, that manager experience was great. And since I was uh, what, what I would call a, a secret mark for the business, because I was a big fan of the business, but I didn't want to show that in the locker room. Like, hey, guys, how you doing? Like, wow. You know, <laughs> you know, me, but and meeting Bruno Sammartino and Larry Zabisco and all of these guys were like, wow, you know. So it, and going through and another thing in my manager's career, learning here, learn to build a personality and my wrestling personality it kind of already sunk sinks in naturally i do my wrestling almost gimmick when i do interviews for jobs it's like you know yeah you know, that, you know stuff like that and everybody just goes crazy and then they read my resume oh wrestling wow you know did that for a while like i said did that till 1994 then started booking shows actually started learning how to book shows and did shows in new york city in both Brooklyn, Manhattan, the Bronx, boroughs, and my God, what a difference. Because now it's like, oh, 
yeah, I'm going to the ringside. And I was like, oh my God, these guys are driving me insane. No, do this. And you learn direction. You learn, I think in, in professional wrestling, when you're behind the scenes, just like in acting, you learn so many things. You learn how to direct. You learn how to produce. You learn how to edit. You learn who to fire and who to hire. You know, so, and a lot of the wrestling business is just, you know, it's just so different. But in my manager time, yeah, I could tell you straight off the best part of it was meeting the superstars that you see on TV, them treating you like an equal and saying, welcome to the business kid. I'll tell you a quick story real fast. My first introduction as a manager, I was, I had the nice like not a suit because I was never a suit tie guy I was like a Bobby Heenan Paul Heyman type character my introduction to the business was I was in the locker room I've always learned shake everybody's hand when you go in the locker room now I had Rock and Rebel and Jason Knightwood we got booked for a show Jason Rock and Rebel walks up behind me Jason's right here guys Joey here is new to the business ooh I didn't know what that meant. What I found out it was an initiation time. They pulled my t-shirt over my head and Jason gave me the hardest chops. Uh-huh. If you if you ever seen ECW when Jason is wrestling, he does some chops. So I'm getting all this. It's just red. And I'm I'm the you could say I'm the first Tommy Dreamer. Thank you, sir. Have another. <laughs> like boom. I had tears in my eyes, but you couldn't tell it because my the t-shirt was over my head. And I'm like, gotta take it, gotta take it, gotta take it. When I pulled the t-shirt down, smart play for me, I wiped my eyes with the t-shirt, pulling it back down. Yeah, is that all you got, Jason? Oh, Lord, that started something. But that was my initiation in the wrestling business. So but I'd throw that in there. That's amazing. That sounds like a lot of fun and totally amazing. Oh, it is. It, it's when then when you're invited to do conventions and you're sitting there signing autographs and you're meeting like right next to you is like other people that you've seen. Like I was doing a, a short promo. A guy, uh, the fan came up to me. Let's do a promo. And I'm like, all right. And I remember I had to do a Captain Lou battle, you know, like his team against my team, blah, blah, blah. Well, we got old Fossil Albano and blah, blah, blah. And Albano's like, oh, shut up, you little bastard, you know. And, I, and next thing I know, it's like, I'm done. Here comes Sensational Sherry walking right by. Oh, my God, I love you. And gave me a hug. And I will never forget it because I always, I had this thing for Sensational Sherry. Seeing her in the AWA and in early WWF, D, but... Yeah, I mean, it was something else to see. So it, it, sitting around with the greats and you meet them and people say these guys are small. No, they're 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 wrestlers compared to today, you know. Nice. Now you're about to open your own wrestling promotion. Yeah, actually, I ran rest the same wrestling company back in 94. And again, Jason Knight, Rock and Rebel, a lot of the guys helped me with this. And we did that for about five, six years. We drew big crowds in New York. At the time, we were competing with, I don't know if you folks know, Jersey All Pro Wrestling. It's a big, it was a big independent company in the Jersey area and other companies. So we would outdraw sometimes a lot of the other companies because we were still family entertainment but we still had our our hard moments we still did stuff fans got into it and even back then i realized promoting marketing getting out there introducing guys who nobody ever knew of into the community to sell tickets 
you know, we did meet and greets and some of these guys would come up to me, uh, Joey, I've never done this before. Well, you're going to do it now, kids. Get over there and sign up. And the community loved us. So I did that for a couple of years. Times were changing. As you folks know, we had, you know, it's just things were changing. So I just, we, I moved my family. I was married with kids at the time. I was married with children. And we moved out of New York City. I took a break from the wrestling business. Still got calls to do stuff. I actually got invited down to back then TNA wrestling. And, you know, they invited me. It was really cool. MGM Studios did that. Could not stand it. Left. <laughs> So it, it was it was a fun moment, you know. I uh, got to actually be hired by a legit company. Didn't work out. I wasn't really happy with the product, and that's a whole different story. But came back, did some other, you know, spot stuff, but never really followed it up. You know, 2013, we managed to do another show again. I booked the whole thing again. My buddies Jason, Rebel, uh, Big Vito from WCW and a, and a couple other guys workers from WWF who were job guys came down they were in great shape I mean we did a great crowd too for a return show that nobody knew who we were but and we actually rivaled other companies and they weren't happy about that and then took time off again because once like I'm getting older so the wrestling business is like you know I gotta save some of my hair for when I get older you know so now it's like years later and all through this time now everybody's asking me to come back come back i've done a little spot shows but it, it, you gotta have that moment and that's the most important thing you gotta feel that moment to do a show so now it's like years later everybody you know you could say literally drag me out from under the bed and says no you're gonna do a show and now we're planning so we're actually planning to come back in june and again this is like a test pattern we're gonna do a show and i'm marketing it as a tv production or stream production so a lot of everything back in my day was like tv tv you gotta have tv now it's just streaming so thank god i learned so much from streaming too you know so i do my own stuff i do game review game plays and all this so people invite me to talk wrestling like you guys are so and everybody was happening it's the awesomest podcast ever been in love the love the shows i sat back and listened to a couple my god you guys are spot on with a lot of stuff no it's all kira kira's like one of the greatest co-hosts you could ask for i mean she's spot on with all her details oh it's great you two are doing an awesome job so make sure you guys keep that going so but you know that's the thing and now it's like coming back we already got everything set that's a funny thing i didn't i have the graphics done for the show we got it titan tron we have the intros with the music on copyright music we have the talent who we want to use some of these guys are from aew dark we've got crowbar coming in from who was with wcw we've got like a little bit of back history of where the company is, how we're going to present it to the, you could say the modern today and relive some of that 2013 years ago. Funny thing I didn't even mention back when we were doing our shows in 1994 to like 2000, I was happened to have, and here, and this is going to make you guys laugh, a very young homicide in Loki. Oh, really? So they were the kids in the neighborhood, you know, and you know they were doing their skit i kind of helped them you know like develop a character and it was 
think of like this you had homicide you had loki you had jason you had rebel you had all of these guys sleep i had a brownstone in new york city in brooklyn these guys will lie will be staying over my house on the floor to watch the competitions pay-per-views so my wife will have them like oh my god and we had small kids so my kids will like wrestle with them the guys and do stuff with them so it was funny having a young homicide in Loki and seeing them where they are today. Even a young Charlie Haas, who went on to become, you know, the world's greatest tag team. So it's like all of these guys, when you see them, like as kids and growing up, and ah, I ought to backslap you, you know. And they go into business and you see them how they develop and grow. I'm very proud of these guys. I see them today and it's like, you know, more life to them. Just be careful and take care of yourself. So, yeah. So when you were booking talent for this show coming up in June, were you looking for a specific talent or were you just curating enough talent to get a show going on? It's a little bit of both because you got to look at the modern times. Like me again, I'm old school. I'm, I'm from the era where wrestlers look like wrestlers, you know, the big monsters and the Mr. Wonderfuls, the Rick Roots, the, you know, and all of that type. But times have changed. You know, these big guys are gone. You know, we still have them very sparsely around the territories or the indies now. But you, I have to look at like, okay, one, I do still look at who I feel can bring in people. At the same time, I have to look at their work. And there are times like I have a booker, I have an agent. So they've worked with me for since the, the 90s. So they've been with me all this time. We have golden over the talent. We I have what now is called territory promoters. So in Connecticut, because I'm not in Connecticut, I'm like way away from Connecticut. These guys, you know, his job is just like back in the territory days, and that's how I keep the mindset is this is your territory. You book it, you get me a place, get me the ring, get me some of the talent, pre-sale tickets, advertise it, and you get a big percentage of the ticket sales. You know, so that's how it works and that's how i was trained so if everything is set you know we communicate we do monthly meetings to make sure everybody's set i look at the talent there are times i will be sitting like i we did we did a zoom call and we will sit down and they will send me a picture of a talent like oh god is that a wrestler <laughs> he should that person looks like he should be going to me and saying do you want fries with that you know <laughs> I look like a guy that should be saying, "You do you want fries with that?" <laughs> no, you guys. By the way, I'm gonna make it so everybody hears it. I'm in, not only I'm inviting these two to come down for our show, so I'm gonna have Big Daddy Braun. We're gonna have Dangerous Kyra there, and you guys are gonna be the backstage interviewers if you want. Oh, absolutely! So you guys, so I, I want you guys to be there. I can't wait to see you. Then it's like you'll see me like he looks like that. Ew, you know, but. <laughs> Yeah, and, and I do have the like the long Paul the Paul Heyman old long hair and it's longer in the back. So the main thing is I actually sat down and I looked at some of these guys and girls and I'm like, oh, really? And I and I when I give this look and my team knows when I give that look, okay. And they'll put on a video and I say, Gang got great moves, but is that it? Is that all? And the gimmicks are bad. They can't talk to save their lives. And they have no clue of what kind of gimmicks to have. So normally I would like give my input and they will go back to that talent. Like it or not, this is, I'm the one that's paying you. So 
you have a choice. And sometimes, like, I'll give you a quick example. I had a Spanish kid, Puerto Rican kid. This kid was coming up with so many outlandish gimmicks. He thought he was a gangster, like New Jack. He thought he was this, he was that. Never, and they never worked. And I said, kid, you're Puerto Rican. Why don't you just embrace that, you know? Embrace that. We're, remember the Lost Boricuas? I think that's what's Alvio Vega and all that. Okay, I told him, you see that gimmick? Do it. And I'm going to give you a team. When you guys are going to be old school Puerto Ricans like the old days. By the way, I mixed Spanish with Italian. Raised more Italian. So there you go. So they were, you know, like, you're going to do the dominoes. You're going to be doing this. You're going to reference old school Puerto Rican stuff. It got over. Because it was a, a gimmick he can he knew and he could speak Spanish better than me. So he did he embraced it and it works. That's kind of and he accepted it. A lot of guys in the business don't want to take criticism. And another thing to go, I'm ranting like Jim Cornette here. Go goddamn son. With the main thing is finding the right talent that will listen, who can bring in who are in the post today, and who will willing to look at it as a fledgling from where it could be tomorrow instead of saying a quick payday today and a lot of these folks and i keep doing this um a lot of these folks some of them just don't get it they're like too ego driven to understand i'm helping your career one kid works in seven different promotions literally with the same gimmick and how can you work and I told him, I'm like, well, you work here, you work here, you work here, all doing the same gimmick. It's nothing new. You're not drawing there. You want to work here. You're going under this name, this gimmick. And it's not to dis, you know, not to disrespect who he is in these places, but nobody's going to, if they just finish seeing you three times, they're not going to pay again to see you here. But if they see somebody that looks like you in a different gimmick, hmm. I might come here and see what he's doing. And another philosophy that worked. So that's the difference. You know, you gotta, again, it's a mixed answer to your question, but it, it's looking for the talent of today, liking them in a sense that they're gonna, and that's not nothing personal. Let me just put that out there. It's nothing personal. It's business. It's how well, if I'm gonna pay you, you gotta do something for me. You gotta draw money for me because yeah. that money is gonna pay for the next show. And next show and the next show and it's also going to help do better marketing you know merchandise and stuff everybody has it's a funny thing everybody says to me even on an indie level says oh are you trying to be vince mcmahon well thank you I, if i'm gonna if mine is the flirting with the women because my wife will beat me up <laughs> you know you know i wish have you ever had to tell a talent they just weren't good what i go oh god that match sucked so and when the kid will come back, well, what do you think? What do you think? I mean, real hyper. You suck. <laughs> and, and this is why you sucked. And you could take it for whatever it's worth, or you could be a business person and, and understand why you didn't even look at the camera. Your psychology is horrible. All you did was spot move as a spot move. You didn't play to the crowd. You couldn't even acknowledge that you, you were like thinking in your head, okay, backflip, rollover, monkey flip, Hurricanrana, Sunset Flip, and it's like you forgot that there's other things besides that. That's what I look for when it comes to talent. 
have you ever had a talent come up to you and ask how to better their character or give insight into their career? Yes, actually I have. And I've had, you know, I've had good insights come to me. I had talent come up to me and says, thank you for fixing my career or something like that. I've had guys says, you know, you don't know what you're talking about. I've actually had fans come up to me when I'm not in gimmick because when I'm in the show, I'm usually backstage. I stop being the on camera or on manager on, you know, it round ring manager. But there are times when I do make it, you know, come down or do my commentating. So I will be, I'm the heel commentator. And I've actually had fans say, boy, that's awesome what you guys did. You know, man, I haven't heard commentary like that since Bobby Heenan and Jesse the Body Ventura. And those are the guys I emulated, you know, because I love their commentary. I've had a lot of people, you know, come up to me, thank me, I even have some of the names who I've worked with, you know, and I gave short criticisms and it was like, yeah, I can lie to you and, and, and hear say what you want to hear, or you can hear the real, my opinion. And, and it does. I've had a lot of people. I have people come up to me in the street when I'm shopping with my wife. Oh, I know you. I know you. And never on the, on, like I said, I haven't been in the business for like a long, I've been in the business for years, but when you, I'm not like WWE, AEW, you know, whatever impact is now. You know, but I do have guys and girls that come up to me and remember when I did shows or seen it on YouTube and come up to me. Oh, man, wow. And sign autographs. That's the fun thing. And actually, with, with wrestling, I've actually done voice work, too. So you, you probably hear a little bit of the Joker in here like, hello, friends, because I've done voices like that, too. So. OK, so we're looking forward to being there in June. Uh, where and when exactly is this? Uh, it's going to be, actually, I have to pull it up. It's in Connecticut. It's in Southington, Connecticut. I got to bring this up now. See, now I got to work here. Now I got to work. It is the Cadillac Ranch, everybody. It is in 45 June Lane, Southington, Connecticut. If you want pretty much more information, it will be on my Facebook page. It's Coldren's Realm, or you can do the hashtag Coldren's Realm, and I'm on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch, and on Instagram and Twitter. And if you follow up with that, and I'm sure I'm going to let these two know because I want them down there. Oh, yeah. You know, I'll be passing them flyers and all that. We have a lot at stake for this show. There's going to be, we are trying to do it as professional as possible to make it a fun experience and a business experience. And again, you guys got to see it, but here it is. This is the actual championship belt that will be on the line so this is our heavyweight title a lot of indies call it their world titles but if you're in the one location what the hell you know so definitely check us out it's june 11th it's on a sunday and we're actually biting off at wwe when it comes to sunday shows or saturdays whatever they do it is going to be big that belt belongs to our champion. It's a is he's a great guy in the icon magic. He's gonna go up against Showtime Shane Black and WCW or former WCW guy Crowbar. So you guys will see that. There's many more matches. We have a semifinals, women's title match, a lot of that. We might have even midgets on there. And I love midgets. Everybody should have one in their pocket. Yeah, you're gonna have a lot of fun there. There's a lot of things going down. So and again, I hope you two are down there. Can't wait to see you both. Man, we can't wait to be down there. We love having you on our show. Thank you so much. 
you know what? And thanks for letting me on here again. You guys are great. Keep up the great work. Love was happening. I'll be advertising it as much as I can too. There's one thing I got to tell you. You got it. You, I saw you were reviewing like horror movies and all that. Big Bron, I told you, you got to, you got to do the Mad Monster Party. We will. So thanks a lot, folks. Thank you. Have a good night. You too. Bye-bye. Thank you all for listening. That was an interview Kira and I did with wrestling promoter Joseph Skuldron Knight. This interview was done on Zoom, so we apologize for any audio issues. We do appreciate you all for listening, and tune in next week to What's Happening.